This is the ActiveX Back Show from Edinburgh, Scotland's vibrant capital. Hosted by award-winning registered osteopath, author and all-round pain guru, Gavin Routledge. If you want relief or prevention of lower back pain or sciatica, and you want to be healthier, keep listening. The following programme should not be taken as medical advice, but for informational purposes only. Friends, sufferers, fellow humans, lend me your ears so that I may whisper into them in order to ease your lower back pain and sciatica. This episode is entitled, Should I See a Chiropractor, Physio or Osteopath About My Sciatica? In it, you will learn why the answer is simply yes, perhaps unhelpfully, which of these I've consulted myself, what I've learned about how to choose and ultimately how to decide whether or not to stick with an approach. Now, before we dive into the meat of this, I am very aware that around the world, and you could be listening in this fabulous internet age that we live in, you could be listening anywhere in the world. And where you live, chiropractor, osteopath, and physio may not be the question. It might be a massage therapist, it may be a physical therapist, or PT rather than osteopath or chiro, It's going to depend. And equally, where you are, these may not be regulated professions. In the United Kingdom, where I live in Scotland, osteopaths and chiropractors are statutorily regulated. And in the world of physiotherapy, you're looking for a state-registered physiotherapist or member of the Chartered Society of Physiotherapists. Sadly, in the UK, the title physio or physiotherapist itself is not protected. So make sure you look for those SRP or MCSP letters after the name. Why the answer is simply yes. Well, um, so should I see a chiro, physio or osteo? The answer is yes. Well, all of these professions can help with sciatica. Yeah, there is very difficult to choose between them. And in fact, I am old enough, and I won't tell you how old, that over 25 years ago, a doctor friend of mine, uh, who's now uh, long since retired, a general practitioner in Scotland, was commissioned by what was then the Scottish Home and Health Department. And he was asked to explore what are the differences between chiro, physio and osteo. And his main conclusion and the conclusion of that report was that there are more differences within each profession than there are between them. So you could go to an osteo one day and a chiro the next day and not see much of a difference. You could go to a different osteopath the following day and think, man, that has nothing to do with the first osteopath I saw. Um, That's probably slightly less true in the world of physio, but I am not a physio, so I'm not an expert. So actually, do you know what? It probably is true in the world of physio as well, that um, really, although when you graduate, we all have a very common grounding, once you're in practice, the way you develop your special interests and so on has a huge bearing on how you ultimately become uh, as a practitioner. And you'll see this in the world of medicine as well. Uh, And I don't just mean in terms of specialism, so gynecologist versus neurologist. I mean that some doctors are very, what you might call, alternatively orientated. They may be into functional medicine or, or even alternative medicine. They may do acupuncture, homeopathy, whatever. And some general practitioners, medical practitioners, are very um, standardized, you know, very orthodox. And they wouldn't touch that stuff with a barge pole. 
So the answer is yes, because the clinical guidelines in the United Kingdom and other parts of Western world encourage the use of osteochiral and, in this case, manipulative physio or fit physios who have experience in manipulative physiotherapy, not just experience, but qualifications. So if you want to get some help, particularly for short-term lower back pain, so lower back pain that's you know, less than six weeks old, ideally, but certainly less than 12 weeks old, then there's good evidence that these three professions can help you. That's why the answer is yes, but I don't differentiate amongst the three professions, much as I'm tempted to because I'm an osteopath. Now, which of these I've consulted myself? And, you know, this is where I, I have to be even-handed and tell you I have consulted all three professions for sciatica. Back in my 20s, um, I had seven years of lower back pain and sciatica on and off, a lot of it on. Uh, so I probably had more days with pain than I had without. Finally, started taking my own medicine or advice in my mid to late 20s and got on top of it. Uh, you can learn more about that uh, in another podcast. So I've consulted all three and that has certainly been my experience that uh, I've seen a, a couple of chiros um, that, uh, well, one chiropractor in particular who I thought practiced very similarly to me. I'm an osteopath. My ex-sister-in-law was a chartered physio, graduated in South Africa, and she was pretty hands-on, uh, although to be fair, probably a little bit more at the time, more exercise-orientated than I was, although that has certainly changed uh, in, in my practice. We're very um, exercise-orientated, uh, and I'm not going to dig into the weeds on that one, but yeah, uh, exercise, you've got to be careful with exercise. It has to be relevant to you, to the client, to the patient, and not just kind of, oh, these exercises are good for you. So we always work out, you know, what exercises are going to be beneficial for you, for the things that you want to be able to do in life, rather than just tell you, these are the exercises you need to do. So I've consulted all three and found it a pretty mixed bag. I have seen some osteopaths I wouldn't touch with a barge pole, uh, but the same in the other two professions as well. So what I have learned about choosing is that it's difficult. If you're trying to choose based on profession alone, I think that's a difficult thing to do. You really need, ideally, an insight um, and, and certainly in the old days, uh, a lot of us chose by asking a friend. You know, we had a chat um, with a friend face to face or a family member and they, um, you know, we got a personal recommendation. Now, of course, if you're like most people we see, you pick up your phone and you Google it or you look up on whatever social media platform you're on. And you choose that way. And if you're going to choose that way, yes, reviews are probably helpful, particularly reviews from people you know. So back to the good old days of word of mouth recommendation. Um, but reviews can be really helpful, but you're definitely looking for a practitioner or practice that is all about empowering you. And this is where I'm going to merge points three and four, what I've learned about choosing and for you, how to decide whether or not to stick with an approach. So I would recommend that both when choosing and um, when deciding whether to stick with an approach or not, you are looking for a practitioner that is going to help you to help yourself. 
the world of manual therapy over the last, well, decades, many decades, has been dominated by passive therapy approaches. So you come in and I will do something to you and you will walk out and feel better for it. And, you know, that's the transaction over, apart from the fact that you probably want to come and see me uh, 10 or 12 times to repeat that process. Or you might not want to, but I might want you to. Um, now, as speaking as a reformed osteopath, because I've been in practice for nearly 30 years, that was the traditional model. Um, it's very much about me doing things to you and you feeling grateful and paying me money. Woohoo! Double whammy for me. Not only do you feel grateful to me, but you also pay me money for that. Um, that's the good old days. Uh, speaking rather cynically about the good old days. It doesn't work that way, though. And in fact, the most important thing is that doesn't work. You know, if you just go to someone and they are doing things to you, but not empowering you at the same time, then you're going to end up having a relapse probably six months to 12 months from now, whether it be sciatica or whatever problem it is, and you'll be back. Uh, and maybe their business model is built on that. And that's something I think you should be asking yourself is, is this person really providing me with great value? Are they helping me to understand how I got into this mess and how to avoid it from happening again? And if they're not doing that, I would certainly, if I were you, be thinking about looking for a different practitioner or just someone who's sticking out a lot of content about how to help yourself. Now, while I am on that subject, you can use our chatbot at active-x.co.uk. If you look on the resources tab, drop down, there's a chatbot there. And that chatbot will help you. It's been programmed by me. Uh, so it has my clinical reasoning in it, uh, which is based on good evidence-based approach. That chatbot will help you to work out what's wrong with you, and I don't mean from a diagnostic perspective, but from the perspective of what makes it worse, what makes it better. And the chatbot will then send you exercises and advice that will help you to recover from your sciatica. And that's free. That's a free resource we put it out there to help you because there is a lot of noise in the marketplace a huge amount of noise on online, on the internet and so on. Lots of personal trainer type characters telling you these are the back strengthening exercises you need to do. Uh, and, uh, you know, it is not a case of one size fits all. And for some people, those exercises could be the worst possible thing that you could be doing right now. So use the chat box, free resource active-x.co.uk, look on the resources tab and the chat bot. Equally, if you would like an in-person, uh, in-clinic here or an online consultation, we can help you with that too. Again, active-x.co.uk and look for online consultations. We even do same-day appointments if you're in desperate pain and need help today. That was a bit of a diversion. However, forgive me. Uh, so how to decide whether or not to stick with an approach? You know, is that person, is that practitioner empowering you? Are they giving you information? Are they answering your questions in a way that empowers you to minimize the risk of recurrence as well as to get rapid relief now? If they're not, my advice would be look for somebody else. So there we have it. Should you see a chiropractor, physio or osteopath about your sciatica? Yes, uh, choose. How to choose, 
what I've learned and ultimately how to decide whether or not to stick with that practitioner. Thank you for listening. And if you have not listened to our first six episodes of this podcast, that will give you a really good foundation on understanding sciatica and the pain associated with it, how to get on top of it, how to ultimately build a plan. Because as I say in episode one, the main reason most people don't recover on their own is either, here's a, here's a, a sneak preview of episode one, either you have a, raw, a, a bad plan or you're just simply not sticking to the plan. Not rocket science, but I try to make sure that this podcast isn't rocket science. So go back, listen to episodes one to six, and otherwise feel free to reach out to me, Gavin, at active-x.co.uk, or you can contact the practice directly internationally, 0044-131-221-1415. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the ActiveX Bax Show. If you found this helpful, please pass along our web address to your friends and colleagues, active-x.co.uk. And please leave us a positive review on iTunes. If you have any questions related to lower back pain or sciatica, send them in and Gavin will aim to answer them in future episodes. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at ActiveX Bax.